more time, let's sing it. I need you, Lord. tonight would just say yes I need you Lord I need a deeper walk I, I need a more consecrated life I need you Lord we just right now ask him to come by your way say father come by my way touch my life Lord we're calling a conference with God tonight this weekend we're asking God to come on the scene been going through trials, you've been going through temptations, things in your life, there's a God here tonight that's got the answer. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, Lord Jesus, oh Jesus, we just submit ourselves to you, Lord. Father, every part of our lives, Lord, we just want to give ourselves to you, Lord, this weekend, Father, to serve these young people, Lord, to submit our body to you, Lord, our mind to you, everything to you, that you can speak, Lord, that you can touch. Because, Lord, I, I can say a few words and maybe say a few sentences and things and read a few scriptures, but, Lord, it takes you to anoint Lord, a child can open this Bible and sift through the pages, but it, it takes you to anoint it to our hearts and lives. We're asking that the anointing of God would come into this place and break the yokes. Lord, break the chains, the things that hold, the things that bind, Lord. Lord, you've heard the hearts cry. Lord, you've seen the needs. You know the situations. And Lord... We come to you, Father, knowing you're in control of these situations. You're in control of this camp meeting. You're in control of each dorm. You're in control of this meeting, Lord. And we give it to you, Lord. Everything that be said and done would be for your glory and for your honor. We give these young people to you, Lord. Lord, Satan's coming on every side, Lord, just... Every kind of device, every kind of spirit, every kind of thing, Lord. But there's a blood of Jesus that stands against him. And Lord, we claim the blood of Jesus tonight, Father. He cannot cross the bloodline. And Lord, we commit this to your hand. You see the hands that were lifted. You see the needs. You heard the cry, Lord, come by my way, Lord. Lord, I, I don't have to have these notes. You can direct me, Lord, just where it needs to go, right down the alley, to each heart, Lord. We, we commit ourselves to you, every part. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. I just want to say for a moment, it's really good to be here with you. Amen. And we're just believing God has something wonderful in store for us. Amen. For our hearts and for our needs. Young people are very dear to me. I, 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 was, I was a young person at one time. I kind of still consider myself to be that. But my time, don't. it just keeps ticking on. <laughs> But uh, we, we just love you with the love of the Lord, and we're just here to serve you and to help you and try to lift you up. Amen. Let his word just build you up. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. Amen. Maybe tonight, I don't know, may have a little bit more serious tone, but I believe we ought to be serious with God when we come to Him, you know, in sincerity and truth and just lay our lives out before Him. Amen. And so let's read here. It says, but we speak the wisdom, verse 7, chapter 2 and verse 7 says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? So you, the things that you know, you know is by the spirit that you have. Amen. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Lord, been, begin to lay this thought on my heart for this opening service, just right after I had given my my word that I would come to Brother Tom, and and just begin to drop in my heart, just from the sur going from the surface to the depths. And and Brother Branham would say in the Sardesian Church Age, he said, when one regards a verse superficially, he comes up with a superficial understanding. And this superficial means existing or occurring at the surface is not thorough, is not deep or complete, not having or showing any depth of character or understanding. So it's just on the surface of things. It's uh, not deep. It's not, you know, it's just living right there. And, and he would say in another place, he said, well, as a day by day entering from meeting to meeting, he said, I, said, I see a great need of this tabernacle, and he's, he's speaking in Jeffersonville, but he, a great need in it that is for a filling or a consecration, a deeper life, a closer walk with God. 
And, and I hope that's what your desire is for this meeting. We're, we're not here to just turn over a new leaf. We're not here to just make a new start that lasts for a few weeks. And then the next thing you know, we're back to where we were, or maybe even worse. But we're here to go deeper than we've ever been. We're here to go into the depths of God. Amen. I, I believe the depths of God are for the young people also. Amen. The depths of God is not something that you can't grasp or you can't realize. Amen. God is hidden simplicity. Amen. But you know, uh, as we read in our opening scripture, he talks about the princes of this world that if they'd have known or if they could have seen who Jesus really was, they would not have crucified him. But they looked at him with a superficial understanding. They, they thought that he was uh, maybe an illegitimate child or some story they had heard or some rumor that had went around town and things that had happened. And, and, and you know, they, they were studiers of the scripture. They had read the scriptures. They had read Isaiah's prophecy. They had seen that God was to come in a virgin or, you know, had read these words. They had seen these, you know, heard of these things. But when that happened and that scripture was fulfilled and, and the word walked off the paper and became flesh, they looked at it and called him an illegitimate son. They looked at him and called him all kinds of names, Beelzebub, the devil, and all kinds of words because they was looking at scriptures and they was reading scriptures superficially. Brother Bradham said when he was hanging on the cross, they was reading the Psalms of David that, that, that uh, how none of his bones would be broken. And there they were right down there in church while he was hanging on the cross, singing the very Psalms that spoke of his death. Amen. So they was looking at things very superficially. And, and, I, and I, I want to be something more than just fake. Amen. I, I want to be real. Uh, you know, uh, we, we can go through life and you can make it on your own sometimes, uh, you know, by pretending or, 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 or you know, uh, make believe. But, you know, those things are sooner or later show themselves. We want to be real. Amen. We want to be real sons and daughters. You may can hide a lot of things from your parents or you can hide a lot of things from the deacons and trustees, the preachers. You can hide a lot, but you can't hide nothing from God. And God knows your heart. He knows what's on the inside of you. Amen. And, and as I was in my room, I was just praying and asking God, and he began to speak to me, and I wrote a few things down for this service, you know, and the question comes, what's causing you not to go further with Christ? Amen. What, what has, have you allowed to become greater or more than more important than him? Amen. You know, I want you to have those questions in your mind. Is there something that is keeping me going from going further with him? Is there something that I have allowed to become greater or more important or, or, or you know, the, the things of life? You know, maybe it's not a sin that's keeping you. Maybe it's just the things of life and the business, business uh, the busyness of life and things that, you know, work or school or this. What is it I'm allowing to become more important than Jesus Christ? Amen. He says here, he says, oh, Lord, I, I thank you for every year. I, he says, Brother Bram said, I'm ashamed of the many times that I've done that. What's wrong? He said, I pray you forgive me. He said, one regret I have, Lord, is I didn't serve you when I was a little baby boy. He says, help me, Lord. Oh, Lord, if I found grace in thy sight, strengthen this feeble body. Renew my strength. Renew my youthful strength as you do the eagles. And put my head higher, Lord, and my heart low that I may walk with you, Lord. And manifest your love to the people. Give unto me a deeper love, a more consecration, a deeper, fuller life that I might serve you. 
Amen. If a prophet of God can request that, I believe we can request that tonight. I'm requesting that. God, give me a more consecrated life. Give me a fuller, a deeper understanding of you. Let me know you more. Let me know you. Amen. The secrets. Let me see the secrets of the word. Let me see the revelation of the word. The revelation of the word is not just for preachers or just for the elders of the churches, for you young people. Amen. God is revealing himself in such a way in this age. Amen. And it's for you. Amen. So I want to look at a story for a moment as we would build a platform here for this service. In John chapter 4 and verse 4. Amen. It's a wonderful story. It's more than a story. We don't want to look at it superficial. But we want to look at it. Amen. In the depths of the word. Amen. And so... Excuse me, he said in John chapter 4, you can turn your Bibles because we're going to be reading for just a moment. He said he must needs go through Samaria. Oh my, he had a need to go there. I believe he had a need to come here for this weekend. Amen. Why? Because you ask him to. I ask you at the beginning of this service, how many would say, God, come by my way? Amen. Why did he have a need to go by Samaria? Because there was a heart there longing for more of him. Amen. And he cometh, and then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore being wearied on his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, who, uh, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samarians. So right off, amen, she looked at this thing very superficially. She saw that he was a Jew. She realized she was a Sumerian. And so she was, you know, we, we, don't even, we don't even have dealings together. But listen, God wasn't there for a Samaritan. God was there for a seed. Amen. Jesus was there for a seed. And he answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him that he would give in thee living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, for whence thou hast, hast thou that living water? Amen. What was she saying? Look, I have a water pot. You have nothing. Amen. Here was the very thing that could give her the desires and what she had been longing for. Maybe she didn't realize this is who she was longing for at that moment, but really the thirst that was given to her, she had tried to satisfy it with men. She'd had husband after husband. She'd get one husband, he didn't satisfy. Find another one, he didn't satisfy. And now she's living with a man, not even married to him, and still not satisfied. Sin will never satisfy you. This world will never satisfy you. There's nothing in this world that will satisfy you. You say, well, if I had money, that would satisfy. No, there's the richest men that still are not satisfied today. Amen. There's me. Well, if I had just the ability to dunk a basketball, I had the ability to kick a soccer ball. If I was the greatest athlete, I would be satisfied. You would never be satisfied. Amen. This woman says, you look, what do you mean? Who are you? I, I've got a water pot. I'm able to take from this well. And you're telling me you're going to give me a drink? Her water pot was more important than Jesus. Think about this for a moment. 
He said, Art thou greater than our father? Verse 12, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered her and said to her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him. Amen. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. It's never ending. Amen. Brother Brown would call him an inexhaustible fountain of life. Oh, my. Hallelujah. When your money runs out, your joy runs out, all these things run out, he's an inexhaustible fountain of life. When your job fails you, he's an inexhaustible fountain of life. When your success falls away, he's an inexhaustible fountain of life. Amen. Amen. He said, whosoever drinketh of this water will thirst again. This world you can drink and you can drink and you can drink and you can drink. And just as soon as you get done drinking, you want more. It don't satisfy. Amen. You look at a dope head. He gets a good, uh, a good thing of dope. And next thing you know, it wears off and he wants more. He wants more and he wants more until his life is in shambles and it's all broken apart and it's gone. Amen. He said, Whosoever drinketh of this water, verse 14, that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He said, The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither cometh here to draw. And so Jesus is going to take her deeper. It's time to quit scratching on the surface. Amen. He said, he said, go call thy husband and come hither. So he calls, he's going to go right down to the problem. He called, as Brother Brandon would say, he would call her spirit. And when you could hear it in the, in the, in the message, as he'd begin to speak, he said, I'm doing just as Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. I'm catching your spirit to see what is going on in your life. And Jesus had talked to her and he caught what her problem was. Amen. She hadn't went deep enough. She was scratching on the surface and here she had fouled up her life and there seemed to be no hope. She couldn't even come to the water, the well, when the other ladies would come because her life was ruined and it was wasted. But Jesus still wanted her. Amen. He says, Thou hast, and the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, Thou hast said, Well, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And thou says truly. And the woman said, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Oh, I thought he was just a Jew. But now he's taking her deeper. She's looking beyond the outward appearance of a Jew and how they dress and how they work. And she's realizing, looking, there's more than just a man here. There's a prophet here because no man knows the things that I'm doing. And this man, does, he surely don't know. Yet he's told me exactly the things which I'm done. The words still the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. Our fathers, when this is so, so she goes to realizing, okay, I got to go a little deeper here. So let me get a religious spirit. Let me get, pick up on that religious spirit for a moment. 
Women, you know, he said, if our fathers worship in this mountain, you say that in Jerusalem, the places where men ought to worship, Jesus said, woman, believe me, the hour cometh that ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So he brought the true worship into the, into the picture. Amen. He's bringing her deeper. Amen. The woman says, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said, I am he that speaketh unto thee. Oh, Jew, prophet, Messiah. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Amen. And upon this came his disciples and marveled. Why is he even talking to her? Does he not know what kind of woman she is? He knew what kind of woman she was. But the woman, when she realized who he was, read chapter, or verse 28. The woman then left her water pot. (laughs) She came to the service thinking this is important. She came to the beginning of the camp service and thought, man, you know, sports is important. My fashions are important. You know, i got to be the best dressed. My education, that's what's important. My friends, that's all that's important. Worldly things, success, riches, that's all important. All of those things are nothing but leaking water pots. They never fill to the time where you can, amen, like the Spirit of God can come. Listen, Brother Branham said, actually, there was two water pots that was there. He said, there was one she was holding, there was one in her heart. Amen. And Jesus was in, his focus was on the one that was in her heart. Saying, I want to fill that water pot. Hallelujah. I say, God, fill the water pots. Amen. Amen. And he said, see, she left her water pot. You know, all these things that we've mentioned, sports and fashion and education and friends and worldly things and success and, and riches, all these things are here today and gone tomorrow. Water pots made of clay returned back to dust. You couldn't find that water pot today that she cared if you tried as hard as you could. It's gone. But she is still living on forever. Something happened. There had been something damming up that water on the inside of her. But there was a power that came along her her way. Was sitting on the side of the well. Sitting down there waiting for her to come across the border. (laughs) Sitting there waiting on him to come across the border. Amen. So he could have a conference with her. Because he realized that's my seed that is inside of there. Sure, the devil tried to destroy it. The devil tried to cover it with all kinds of grime and dirt. But it was still a seed on the inside of there. And there was a word that was for her resurrection to rise her above all those things. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you're a predestinated seed of God, there ain't enough devils in hell to keep you from coming forth. 
Amen. You can pile concrete on top of a seed that's ordained to life. You can put it seven inches thick. If that seed's ordained to life, the power of that sun begins to draw from it. It begins to pull the life out of that seed. And it begins to worm its way up to a little crack concrete. I've seen it crack asphalt. I've seen it do everything to come to life. Amen. The devil this year has been trying to push you down and push you down and push you down. But Jesus is here. The sun is risen in our hives and he's drawing out the life of the seeds. Amen. And you begin to realize those things I thought were important ain't important no more. Brother Brandon would say, no matter how successful you are, or how successful you become. Without Christ, you've totally lost everything. Well, that's a statement. Credible statement. What's clogging up your well? What's keeping you from experiencing the things of God? Maybe you've witnessed in different camps. You've witnessed in different church meetings. Seeds pop up. And it just begin to grow, and you're wondering, what have you, you know what's keeping it up. You know. Let's be honest here. You know. Your parents may not know. The pastor may not know. Brother Michael, Brother John may not know. You know. And Jesus knows. I'm going to just be very honest here. He knows exactly what you do in your bedrooms. He knows exactly how you operate on your devices. Hey, listen. In the time I was coming up, I'm just going to be very open and I hope this is okay. It's the truth. It's what we're dealing with today. We can put our, hands, our heads in the sand and act like it ain't happening if we want to, but it's happening. Used to, you had to go look for things. Now things are looking for you. And it's right there on your devices. Very available, very... Uh, listen, parents, uh, if you're listening, you better be, better be aware of what's going on. I'll just say it. 20 years ago, a pornography industry was about a 20... I think it was around a $20 billion industry. Today, it's a $97 billion industry. Amen. And it's going more and more and more and more. And it's in our faces. It's everywhere. And we wonder why we can't raise our hands or we can't worship God. And it just, I, I hate to say that, but it ain't just the boys, it's the girls also. Things are happening around us. Amen. But if you're a seed of God, it's going to come forth. The devil can pile all he wants to on it. He can try to keep it from happening. But when that sun rises upon that heart, it's going to come forth. And I'm looking today for seeds in this meeting, in this time, in this moment to come forth. And they'll throw down them old water pots. Amen. Brother Branham was in a meeting one time in, in, I believe it was Durban, South Africa. And he gave the challenge to those who wanted to be, who wanted to give their heart to the Lord. And, and, and I believe it was Brother Bosworth and one of his managers said, I think they want to know who wants to be healed because, I mean, there was just bunches, thousands of them that just stood up or raised their hands. And he challenged them. He said, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, he said, I want you to throw down your idols. 
And he said in that meeting, it was like a dust storm that went forth as they began to throw down the more idols that they worship. Amen. I'd like to see some dust storms in this meeting. Idols get thrown down. Those things don't mean nothing to me no more. Those things don't hold me no more. Those things don't, I'm not worried about them no more. It's me and you, Jesus. He says, how many longs for a deeper walk with God? You can put your hand up if you'd like. He said, there's a deeper walk somewhere or you would never thirst for it. Something has created in you a desire to afford a closer walk with God. Something has created in you a desire to be healed by God. He said before there can be created in your body and your spirit, there has to be a creator of that, and that creator is the Holy Ghost. And it's the deep that calleth unto the deep. There has to be a deep to respond. So if you're longing for more of God, there's more of God for you. Genesis 26 and verse 18, we can read about Isaac who went back and revisited the wells of Abraham and the Philistines had put uh, and covered them up and caused them where they didn't bring forth water no more. And he began to dig it out. You think that was easy? No, that wasn't easy. They didn't have backhoes and track hoes back then. They had picks, maybe and shovels, and I don't know, a couple of things to dig with, maybe an old hoof from old horse they'd hollered out and dig down in there and do what they had to do to get back down to the water. Yeah. Got to get the water. Listen, if you get anything out of this service tonight, I got to get a drink from Jesus. I've got to get to the water. It's live or die. Amen. As, as the psalmist David said, as a heart longeth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee, O God. Is it okay if I read, amen, my favorite scripture? I'll read it. I might don't want to read it and amplify, but it's Psalm 63. You can mark it down. He says, O God, you are my God. Oh, amen. Not just my father's God. Isaac had to go back and have his own experience. He couldn't rely on Abraham's experience. He had to go back and get his own drink. Amen. I want you to leave this camp saying, Oh God, not you're, oh, you're my father, or you're my pastor's God, or I can see you in church. God, you're my God. Amen. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. He says, Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you. In a dry and weary land where no water is. There's no water in the things of this world. There's no satisfaction in the things of this world. There's no satisfaction in sin. It's impossible to be satisfied by sin. He said, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and see your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Brother Adam said he struggled with that for a while because he wondered how anything could be more important than life. But he realized David was talking about two lives. The loving kindness is the life of God. It's more important than this life here. Because if you can get his life, you'll live through eternity. But if not, your life is but a vapor. Build your castles. Build your careers. Build it all. It'll all crumble one day. 
I know this is very serious, but we're in a serious hour. Satan is trying to clog your wells. He's trying to put everything he can over you. He's trying to stop the joy of the Lord flowing to you in a service. He's trying to keep the Spirit of God back from you. Because he knows that that can ever strike into the inner parts of your soul. There's nothing, no more he can do. It's over with. His time is over with. He said, so I've looked upon you in the sanctuary and I've seen your power and your glory. How many have seen that in the sanctuary? Amen. Because your loving kindness is better life, my lips shall praise thee. So will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My whole being shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I will remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. Listen to this verse. My whole being. Not just part of you. We're good about giving part. You know, we can give part and look like a Christian, act like a Christian, maybe talk like a Christian, but then live double standard or double lives. We can give a part. But he said, my whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you. I trust that's what will happen for you this weekend. We see the world in this condition. We can read in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're living in the last days. He said, Well, brother, I've heard that a long time. Well, we're living in the last days. But let me just turn it for you just a moment. Because a lot of times young people get a little worried about being, you know, hadn't been married I hadn't done what I was going to do. I hadn't had all what I was, you know, my life ain't full yet, brother. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of people that got in a lot of wrecks in 1977 because it was said that Brother Branham prophesied that he was going to return in 77. So some of them just jumped and got married to the wrong person. Amen. And, 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 but <laughs> last day's perilous times shall come. But I want you to understand, this, not, this is not the last days for the believer. Amen. This is only the beginning. <laughs> the last days is for the devil. He's at his last moments. He knows his time is short. He knows he's having his last times. He knows he's having his last moments to place sickness upon lives. He knows he's having his last moments to control minds. He knows he's having his... He said, this is his last days. But it ain't your last days. This is only our beginning. Amen. But in these times that we're living in, men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. What? Wow, he threw that right in the middle of a bunch of stuff, didn't he? Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. They're doing all of this while having a form of godliness. What? Surface dwellers, but denying the power thereof. 
You know, I, I spoke to a, a man. We, we started having a, oh, actually a deacon spoke to him and, and relayed the message to me. But we was having a, started having a family camp there in Texas, right over the border from Louisiana. And it was at a Nazarene camp. And at that camp, there's actually a plaque talked about how Buddy Robinson was there and preached. So they've had some wonderful meetings. They used to know the power of God. They, they, used to, they used to just worship God and sing and shout. And all that's gone now. Man came to our first service and he was singing and the worship began to take place and tears began to stream out of his eyes. And he said, you know, he stopped at the end of the service to one of the deacons. He said, you know, we used to have services just like this. He said, but it's gone now. I can tell you what my answer would be. I'm gone. I'm finding a place where the water is. Amen. But they, they have all of these, all these things. You know, they have a religious duty. Listen, this message is more than just a religious duty. This message is more than rules and regulations. It is rules and regulations to those that are just surface, on the surface, and they haven't experienced the things of God. Amen. You know, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Listen, it's like my father's always said. He said, you know what? I'll smoke all I want to. That blew your mind right there, didn't it? Some of you woke up just now. I smoke all I want to. I drink all I want to. I do the things of this world all I want to, but I don't want to. My wants and my desires have changed. I was listening to the prophet of God just in the room. He said it's a lot easier to live for God than it is for the devil. And listen, you can, you can live for the devil and all he does is take and take and take and take, destroy your life, pull you down, tear you away. I mean, look what he did to the prodigal son. Look what he did. There's many uh, examples of what he does to people. But what does God do for people? He takes lives that have been destroyed and he builds them back up. He takes hearts that's been taken, taken down to the lowest of the lowest and brings them back up to live in the presence of the Son. He takes broken hearts and he heals them, make them new. They have a form on the outward appearance. They look like it maybe. They can play a good game. They, they, they can talk a good talk. They can... You know, maybe look apart at school, at church. Yeah, I'm a Christian. But in the bedroom's totally different. And their car's totally different. And, and, and then with their friends, totally different. Whew. I know this wasn't going to be very, very easy, but we're going to go, okay? On the outside, they may look like the part. There's a covering. They've, they've allowed the message to cover them. But this message is not a covering. It's not just something that just covers your sin and you live like you want to live and you do what you want to do and you come to church and you're just still a Christian. This is not what this message is. That's a Baptist religion. That's some other kind of religion. That's not what this message is. Because we're not living in the times of, of, of the blood of bulls and goats. The blood of bulls and goats would cover your sin. You'd walk in with lust 
You would give a, you'd give an offering for it. Maybe it was covered in your neighbor's wife, and you had this conviction. You brought the lamb. You sacrificed it. You walked out with the same desires in your heart, and you'd do it all over again. Come back, sacrifice. Go back. Come back, sacrifice. Amen. But there was a different blood that was shed. And that, was, that, that blood could cover you. It, it would, it would take, a, take sin and it would do like this piece of paper. The sin would be there and, this, and that blood would come down and it would cover it. And it was an answer of a good conscience between you and God. God would see the blood instead of you. But you'd take the blood away and it was still there. Sin was still there. The desire was still there. Things were still there. You could try all you wanted to. David would say, I would read about, I'd read your medal. I'd put it on my forehead. I'd put it on the doorpost. I'd put it on my bedpost. To read your word. Read your word. And he would still go out and commit adultery. But that was the covering of blood of bulls and goats. But this message is not just a covering. It has a blood behind it. And it's the blood of a righteous lamb. Of the righteous lamb. And that blood don't just cover your sins. It totally annihilates your sin. Amen. And it'll take you. Amen. It'll take you to a place where the desire that you used to have ain't there no more. How many can testify that tonight? The desire I used to have ain't there no more. Amen. Amen. Even individuals around the message, they can talk the scriptures, they can talk the quotes, but their inside's shallow and hollow. Amen, brother. Uh, brother John, there in the Bible, Saint John, took Ju- Judas. You know, John it was a type of the eagle anointing. You know, the other. The other, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, you know, John, remember Brother, Brother Branham talked, typed him to the four beasts that was around the throne, the lion, the ox, the man, the eagle. John was the eagle. He didn't go back to a uh, heritage or to a bloodline. You know, David and Jesse and David and this and that. He went to the beginning. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. All the, he went all the way back. So you look at John, and he, he takes a story, and there's Judas that had this question in his heart. There was this, uh, this perfume that was given, and he had this question because he said it should have been. He said, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? And John said it wasn't because, it wasn't because John cared for the poor, it was, or Judas cared for the poor. It was because it was in his heart. There was a situation in his heart. John looked beyond all of that and he saw what was going on. He realized Judas didn't even care for the poor. He had a problem on the inside. It manifested when he took 30 pieces of silver and traded out Jesus. And so when people got questions, you know, I I look at people that had questions about the message. They don't have honest questions. The reason why they question this is because they had a desire for sin. And this message was keeping them from their sin. They had it on the inside. They was wanting to do it. They wanted their pants. They wanted their makeup. They, look what they did. As soon as they destroyed the, the message and they tore it down, they went right back. They went right to it. Amen. Why? Because they didn't care. Amen. For God, really, they had a problem on the inside of them. Instead of dealing with the heart trouble that was on the inside of them, they dealt with a, They tried to tear down the walls. 
Brother Donnie said it like this. He, one of them was amazing. He said, this message is not walls. It's keeping me from something. He said, this message, I don't look at it as walls. It's keeping me from doing something I want to do. He said, this, wall, this message is my castle. It's my protection. Amen. It's how you look at something. Amen. Don't resent your parents for trying to keep you in the righteousness and trying to, trying to put things there and guard, guard you against things and to keep you from certain situations. Don't resent that. That's God. God put them as a watchman over your life. And that's their God-bound duty to do that. And when you resent them, you resent God. That was free. But this modern, he says, this modern knowledge loving age. Woo, boy, this is in 1965. There wasn't a whole lot of devices like we got today. Mercy, we live in a time that you can buy something, walk out the door, and it's out of date. It's incredible. I mean, you got the brand new iPad. And just about the time you got the door, they got a new one. And all of a sudden, it ain't but a few, just seem like a little bit. Yours is decrepit and it's slow. It's wore out. Oh, come on. You Android people, it's the same for you too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's, 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 things are happening so fast that we can't even keep up with it. <laughs> it's a knowledge-loving age, he says. Where are we at today? The biggest, the baddest, the best iPhone this and iPad this and Android that and this, that, and the other and computer this. We got it all. Knowledge loving age. It's it can have no better leader than the one they got, Satan. A perverter of the word of God. Like he started in the Garden of Eden, a religious person relying on his own understanding. Oh, Proverbs 3, 5, we're not to lean to our own understanding. What is it? It must be that unmovable, unshakable revelation from God. Listen, we're not here to get a mental conception. We're not here to just turn over a leaf and say, yes, I'm a son, 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 I'm a son. No, we're not here to try to talk ourselves into something. We're here to let God come on the inside of our life and change us forever. Not till they're just the next camp or the next meeting. Forever. Amen. He said they must have a God. They're human. They want a God. He said we found Indians worshiping idols and sun and everything as a human being. They must have a God. But this great intellectual age must have a God. And the God of this world has become knowledge. Before you do anything, find Christ first. Brother Timothy, I got to go to college. Before you do that, find Christ. I've seen young men seem to be seem to be good boys, seem to love the Lord, seem to seem to want to do right, you know, and not knowing things were going on in their life. They go to college, and next thing you know, the professors there just begin to strip everything from them. Satan, by knowledge, can do that. If you fight him with knowledge, he'll strip it from you. But if you've got something on the inside, I've seen the same, some same guys, some other ones that went through the same colleges and come out stronger than they ever been. Amen. Amen. Brother Brandon wasn't just against education. He didn't want you to be dumb as a box of rocks. That's not what he was talking about. But first, find Jesus Christ. 
Seek him with your whole heart. Seek him with everything that you have. Seek him harder than you do. Seek after that, 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 that sports thing or that, that, that knowledge or whatever it is you're seeking after. Turn around and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Find him first. You find him. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given unto you. Well, I want a wife. Seek God first. I want a husband. Seek God first. I thought it was real good. Somebody sent me a little deal, a little saying, if I can remember it correctly. Said, I want to be the kind of woman, the kind of girl that's so lost in God that a boy has to find God to find me. <laughs> that's the truth. Amen. Have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Mercy, what time is it? Okay. Second Peter 2 and verse 1, he said, there was, But there was false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Ah, Peter was seeing our day. Even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves a swift destruction. We've seen that happen in our day. And many shall follow their, follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And though covetous shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now a long time lingers not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved in the judgment, and spared not the whole world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly but delivered just lot vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds and the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of, listen to this, and the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Oh yeah, I hate Trump. I hate Trudeau, Trudeau whatever his name is. That's not what he's talking about. And despise government, lordship. You want him to be God, but will you let him be Lord? Oh, God, I need you. We, we get in a situation, God, I need you, but will you let him be Lord? Lord over your whole life. Amen. Governing your life and, and, allow, and moving you this way and turning you this way and letting him, allowing him to lead you and guide you. Well, Brother Timothy, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to be. Have you sought the Lord first? <laughs> presumptuous are they self-willed they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities that's God's glory 
Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. But these are natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. Speak evil of the things they understand not. Oh, yeah. They couldn't see it, but with this, just these two eyeballs. That's all the Pharisees could look with. They could see this man. What do you mean before Abraham was, you, you were? What? You couldn't be a man more than 50. What do you mean? He's Beelzebub. He was looking with these two eyeballs. They're trying to add it all up in their mind and their reasonings. And how could these things be that, 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 that all these things could happen as they have said? How, he's an illegitimate child. Until they got in such a fervor and such a, 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 such a tore up anxiety to where they would begin to scream, Give us Barabbas! Give us Barabbas. Let him go free. Crucify him. And then when they would begin to scream out, let his blood be upon us and our children and our children's children. They didn't realize who he was. Mercy. Speak evil of things they understand not. And shall utterly perish in their own corruption. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to write in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes. Sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin. Beguiling unstable souls. A heart and a heart they have exercised with covetous practice. Cursed children which have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the ways of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He was so caught up in temporary things, Balaam was. He could be rich. This is his opportunity. It struggled. It struggled. Now, here's his big, big breakthrough. And he failed, Brother Brown said, he failed to see, amen, the pillar of fire that was moving among them. He failed to hear the shout of the king in the camp because he was looking with these two eyeballs. Who was rebuked for his iniquity at the dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water. Shallow wells. They didn't go deep enough to where they could hit that spring of life. Wells without water, clouds they are carried away with a tempest to whom the midst of the darkness is reserved forever. And when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantingness, those that were clean escaped from them who lived in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. Oh my God, is that not, is that not exactly what we've seen in our generation? You know, I've heard people that's left this message say, I'm free. Free from what? Free from what? Oh, I feel so liberated. Liberated from what? They themselves are the servants of corruption. So corrupted lives. I've witnessed it in people that's walked away. Now their daughters are lesbians. 
posting things, so proud. Really? Seriously? Brother John, they've lost their minds. So proud of what my children are. Who are really? For if they, after they escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it's happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has returned to his own vomit and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a a farm boy. I've seen a lot of things, but I've seen dogs walk in front of me and go, it's going to be sick, all right? Just warning. And then they turn around and they eat it. Now, I've never in my life looked at a pile of dog vomit and said, whoo, Sister Ruth, will you heat this up? That looks good. Oh, no. No, no, I never went and looked in a pig pen and said, boy, this is going to be great. Whoopee, let me jump in. Anybody got chickens? A few people got chickens. Have you ever thought, you know what, I'm going to get a cot. I'm going to put it in my chicken house. I'm going to sleep with the chickens. Uh Uh-uh, not me. No, I'm not a chicken. I like chicken, but I'm not a chicken. I've never looked at dog vomit and said, whoa, Brother Michael, you ready? This is going to be good. No, no. I don't look at the things of the world. Say, whoa, boy, that looks good. Because I'm not who I am. (laughs) The only way you can make a dog not want his vomit no more is change him from being a dog. The only way you can change a a, a pig, you can put sheepskin on him. You can make him look like a sheep. You can make him kind of resemble a sheep maybe somehow. Put some wool over him and some little sheep ears and a sheep nose. And you can do it. And the first thing you let him loose, he's going right back to the mud again. Because his nature is a pig. He can't help it. That's who he is. The world can't help it. That's who they are. They can't help but be druggies. They can't help but be uh, homosexuals. and They can't help themselves. That's who they are. But neither can a son of God help himself. He loves the things of God. He loves the house of God. He loves the word of God. It's food to his soul. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're out there looking at that stuff and saying, I want something, I want something, you need a nature change. You need to say, God, change me. I don't want to go that way. I want to be real. If your whole desire and your whole push is to be the next sports phenom, you need a nature change. I know that ain't popular, but you need a nature change. You see their lives and you see where it leads to. You see it leads right down to the pass of hell. You don't want that as a son of God. See, notice he says, their God makes them just what they want. The God of this world makes them just what they want. 
They lust for the flesh. That's what he gives them. They want to wear them bikinis, he says. They wear it. If they want to dress that way, he gives it to them to dress that way. Ain't no harm in it. They can still go to church. Mother's a Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian. I would say this, message believer. Just let him alone. He's all right. That's the God of this age, smart, wise, scientific. Satan is trying to clog your well. He's trying to put everything over you and keep you from the life of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham would use a word. You can look it up. I was looking at it tonight. It's called vamping. Anybody ever heard that word? It's not a word used today. They used to use it back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, back in that day. It was vamping. It was pretending. It was acting. And he used it with Jezebel, how that when Jehu come to, 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 to her, she put on makeup. She tried to become something she wasn't. She was vamping. And he, he says that the actors used to do it. You can look at the word. You can go back and research, research the history. Actors used to do it. They, they would go in and they would change their mask. They'd put on some kind of makeup. They called it vamping or acting or pretending. And, you know, I find with young people, one of their favorite words is or their favorite phrases is, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. Nothing wrong. Doing good. Vamping. They put on a facade of this okay, I'm all right, tough guy, you know. I'm not going to try to show no muscles. Tough guy. <laughs> you know, I'm all right. It's okay. Vamping. They vamp in services. The word goes forth, and they say, well, that, that ain't me. That's somebody else. They put on a different facade. Oh, that ain't me. They vamp and they change and they go to all the time yet knowing their life is hollow. Lacking. They're pretending. Acting. But yet saying, I'm okay. Yet inside turmoil is taking place. Outside smiling. Some of them are. Some of them do get a little grouchy. Teenagers, man, they can get grouchy. I'm not saying that's from experience. I'm just saying. <laughs> get this face, you know, put my game face on. But I'm okay. But yet on the inside, turmoil is taking place. It's like that young boy I was talking about last night, laying in his bed, woke up. He was saying for a long time, I'm okay. Doing drugs out in the college scene, partying, doing all kinds of stuff. I'm okay. But yet when the reality of something came, he realized, I'm not okay. Listen, let's don't wait till the reality hits. We don't know. I just want to talk real serious with you for a moment as we bring this down. We don't know when the time is coming for the Lord to appear. But much more important even than that is the time that you're leaving here, regardless if it's in the rapture or in a car wreck or whatever it may be. Life is but a vapor. That's what the scripture says. You can put on the best face you can put on. You can put on your gang face. I'm okay. But yet down on the inside, you know. 
such and such night, such and such day, I was doing this. I was looking at this. I was reading this. I was saying this. I said, I'm not here to put a bunch of condemnation on you. I want you to come to the reality. I need Jesus. Satan has tried to stop your well. But there's more for you to give. There's something on the inside. It's like that, that well that was, Brother, Brother Branham talked about that. I was just hearing him as was in our cabin. He said he's talking about to that spring. No, Brother John, you was talking to that eagle the other day. Brother, Brother John was talking to this eagle, telling him what we ate for lunch and what we was going to do. Brother Eagle, how you doing? Brother, Brother, Brother Bradham did that. He come to that, what, that water that was bubbling up. He said, well, what are you bubbling for? Said, What's going on with you? Is it because I drink from you? He said it would say no. Is it because that there's wildlife that comes and drink? No. Why? He said, because there's something on the inside that just keeps pushing up, keeps pushing up, keep pushing up. I say, God, awaken that on the inside. Amen. God put this all together. He, he came for this moment. He allowed this whole thing to take. He put this whole scene tonight together for you. He brought the moment together for the woman at the well. He was there when she came down to the well. She was, he was waiting on her. Amen. He was waiting. Brother Bradham talked about Eliezer when he went to go get a, the bride for Isaac. He said the angel of the Lord beat him to the well by about 30 minutes. And begin to work on the heart of Rebecca and begin to stir her heart and begin to move her to where when Eliezer got there, here she came to the well for her predestinated moment. Amen. I believe he's been walking around this campground already before you even got here. And he's been stirring you in your heart and on your way here and on your cabin or wherever you was at. This week at work, something began to work. I've got to meet Jesus for myself. I can't just have my daddy's religion. I can't just have my mama's religion. I've got to have Jesus. Is there somebody here with that cry tonight? I want him more than anything in this whole world. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet and say, yes, Lord. That's me, God. I want you, Father. I want a deeper walk. I want a deeper walk. I want a revelation with you. I want a moment with Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Whether it be a young person that want to come down to this altar, I just want to open it up tonight. Say, God, I want to meet you here. I want my life to be different from this moment on. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of just acting and vamping and I'm okay. But I know there's something lacking on the inside of me. And I want Jesus. Let it be a hurtful desire, so painful on the inside. I want him more than anything this whole world could ever offer. Here's some hearts. Would there be more? Say, God, I have need of you. Sincerely before him. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Don't vamp. Don't play with him. He knows your heart. He's here to meet you tonight. He's here to touch your life. He's here. He met me in my room right for this service. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows what you put above him. Say, God, I'm here to lay it all out. I want a conference with you, Father. I want to meet the same Jesus that the woman at the well met.
I want to meet him for myself. Hallelujah. I know it's the first night, but it might be the last night. I don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what. This world is in such a climate. We don't know when it's about to take place. We know we're right at the last moments. It's been prophesied by the word of God. We know where we're at. We're not in the planning of the church. We're in the resurrection of the church. This is the end time. This is the time to be serious with God. Say, Lord, I have need of you. Yes, Jesus, I have need of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Ryan, just play something softly as God deals with hearts. I know there's more. I'm not going to pull and beg, but I do know there's more. I know God didn't lay this on my heart for nothing. The struggle of studying and pulling on this, the weight of it, I know it wasn't for naught. But God's got some meeting here with somebody to change their hearts and lives forever. Not just from one camp to another. God, I want to dig the, the wells. Amen. Elisha in the Bible, the kings came to him, needed water. He said, bring me an instrument. He began to play. Had a vision. He said, go out there in the middle of that dry place and begin to dig. And got the shovel. He said, the more you dig, the more water you're going to get. Just keep jigging. Keep digging. You hit a log, dig it out. Throw it out of the way. You hit some kind of thing that's been hindering you, throw it out of the way. God, I need you to fill this place. I need you to fill my heart. I need you to fill my life. Maybe it's right there in your seat. Say, God, I have need of you. Jesus is walking by. He's here for your hearts. He's here to take the needs. There be any hearts, minister, brothers, deacons, maybe that want to come pray with these hearts here tonight. Sincere hearts. They didn't come down here just for show. Something pulling. There's a deep that calls the deep. Sisters, if you see someone here that you'd like to come and pray for, this is a place of prayer now. We've come into this moment of the meeting. Let's just all enter in now to this part of the service. Let's not be looking around. Let's just be praying to the Lord Jesus. part of the service. Give me 